0: Hello and welcome to Just Jets, episode number 169. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, hanging out with you. I want to get into something that's bothering me with the Quinn and Williams negotiations. I'm going to answer your voicemails. And I want to get into a positive also that I noticed with the Jets schedule. We'll talk about all of that and so much more on this lovely episode of Just Jets. But I got to let you know, summer's coming and you got to be prepared for your beach body and manscaped my sponsor of the program is here to ensure that your body is ready for the wild with their game changing full body grooming and hygiene products don't be the guy at the beach with the awesome powers chest hair come on you're better than that and if you grew some winter man tits the least you could do is make sure that they're hairless it's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using my code JETS20, that jets two zero. for 20% off and free shipping, make sure to pick up something nice. I am excited for today's episode. What I am not excited for is Quinn and Williams' negotiations because it's it's a little bit frustrating. And I don't put blame really on either of these guys. I just want to talk about why I'm frustrated. I want to make it abundantly clear. I'll say this from the top. I think a deal is going to get done. I think a deal does get done before training camp, which is starting in July. But here's the thing. It gets messy. Unfortunately, in today's world, these negotiations never go smoothly. Never. It is always something. It seems like anytime a big contract is going to get paid, a guy is going to get paid, you have to go through the whole, you know, social media dance. So basically to catch you up in case you missed it, Quinter Williams takes the jets out of his Twitter bio, defensive tackle 4. dot dot dot. He he unfollows them on Instagram. Uh, and then you have his teammates and fans going to hashtag pay Q, which obviously he's going to eat that up. But then from the other side, you have it just so happened that right after that, it was leaked out that Quinn Williams is looking for a contract between 25 and $30 million, which would make him the second highest paid interior defensive tackle in the league. So you get both sides here. You get the, the Quinn and trying to put the pressure on the Jets and then I'm assuming, I don't know, we don't know for sure, but let's, you know, let's use our brains a little bit. I'm assuming someone from the Jets leaked out to the media that uh, Q, Q's asking Price, which by the way, I always thought he was going to end up getting more than uh, Dexter Lawrence and uh, Simmons. Both got in that 23 and a half million dollar range. 25 to uh, 25 is feels like the number. Twenty-five a year—that is obviously. So four years, a hundred million-dollar contract. Somewhere in that range, four for ninety-six on the cheap end, but it's—I think it's going to be over a hundred million dollars for four years, and I think he's worth it. He is a huge part of this defense, an ascending part of this defense, and you pay. Your best players. You're in a spot now where it is time to c- take care of your guys. It's not like when you had Sam Darnold and you bottomed out and you traded, you know, for assets so you could draft a quarterback. It's not like when Jamal Adams was holding the team hostage and wanted to force his way out, but you got a really nice return for him. It's not like when you traded Leonard Williams because you just had Quentin, Quentin Williams in the draft, so you weren't really going to pay Leonard. It, it's, it's different. They are not in that rebuilding stage. Anymore, and this guy took that step. He was a first-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler last year. In his first few years in the league, solid, steady player. In his age, what was it? His, he turned. He played most of the year at 24 years old. He turned 25 in December, so he is entering the prime of his career right now. It's not like he is an older prospect when he was drafted. He was 24 when he was drafted. And now he's. You know, approaching thirty years old and is looking for that big payday. He is in his mid twenties. That is a time where you go, "All right, we'll we'll pay you. We'll we'll pony up the money. We'll go all in and pay you." Especially coming off a year with twelve sacks uh, and, a, and a Pro Bowl and All Pro, uh, you know, season. And I, and I know people are are scared because of what happened with Muhammad Wilkerson. And by all indications, Mo Wilkerson, one Mo got hurt, but also there haven't been any sort of rumblings with Q where they where there was with Muhammad Wilkerson and that 2016 toxic, toxic, toxic locker room. Disgusting. But I just don't like how it's like both sides are pinned up against each other. And I know what you're going to say, well, that's a negotiation, Matt. And you're right, and hand up, that is kind of silly of me to say, but let me maybe do a better job of explaining what I mean. By Quinn and Williams doing that right by doing, and I look I get it that this is how negotiations happen in the year 2023 look at everything that happened with you know Lamar Jackson and how messy that got hopefully it doesn't get to that point but he's trying to get paid this is going to be the biggest contract that he signs more than likely in his career he wants to capitalize on that and I respect the hell out of that for him by taking it public or by doing that on social media you're one. You're gonna get so half of the fan base is gonna be like, yeah, they, you know, screw Joe Douglas. This is what he does. He doesn't pay nobody. He's doing Q wrong. And then the next half of the fan base is gonna say, well, Quinnen's being selfish. He is under contract for a fifth year. Show up and play. I don't care that it's under market value, and I don't care that you don't have any protection going, you know, down the down the lines. So if you get hurt, you're screwed. I don't care about that. And then, when the Jets, assumedly, when the Jets release that he's looking for $25 to $30 million a year, then it becomes, whoa, 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 now, Quinnen is, the people who are saying pay Quinnen is, oh, now, Quinnen's getting greedy, $30 million a year, look, great guy, but do you want to pay Aaron Donald money? And then it's like, oh, well, you know, Joe Douglas, he's going to get it, the, he's going to draw the line in the sand, he's going to negotiate it down, and that's like the... The semantics of it and the back and forth nature of this, I can't stand. That's the part that I don't like. And I understand, like, obviously, the NFL is a business and we have to talk about that side of things as well. I love the, you know, the on field of product is my favorite. Uh, and the storylines that come from there are my favorite thing to break down. But Unfortunately, contract negotiations are also a really big part of the game. And when you're in May and there are no games being played, these are the things that are going to get discussed. And once again, I am not panicked about it. I think the time to panic would be if you get towards training camp and you're a week out from training camp and nothing's gotten done, then you're starting to get worried a little bit. But I think both sides should find some common ground here. And that 25 number, I, I think that's that's it supposedly he liked, he being Quinnen, liked a tweet. I believe it was play like a jet. I don't, I don't remember. I wish my memory was better. I wish I had photographic memory. Wouldn't that make life so much easier? If you just like take a picture, snapshot with your brain, and it's just in there for the rest of your life. Uh, but someone tweeted out, I'm pretty sure it was play like a jet. If not, if I'm crediting the wrong person, I apologize. They had a tweet that was quoting a Rich Samini tweet. Where it was saying? Rich was saying that Q is going to look for twenty-three to twenty-five million dollars, and that tweet was liked by Quinnen. So if that's the if that's the actual range where Quinnen Williams ends up at, I think we all have to be good with it, right? Twenty-five in his prime, the most important piece of that defensive line. As my blue screen is blowing over in the wind, this is fantastic. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to the audio and you're saying, "What the hell's happened?" I have both windows open and the blue. The blue screen, which is the divider, uh, is just blowing up, flopping around in the breeze back there. So It might fall on me at some point during the show, but that could add a comedic element. Why not? I, I think something gets done. I just hate the which the because you're going to get the people who are going to take the hard stances that you know Q's in the wrong for one doing that on social media and he's asking too much, or then you'll have the hard stance. Well, Joe Douglas is in the wrong. This is a guy you pony up and you pay for. And I get it. I understand, you know, both sides of the coin a little bit. It's it's all a part of the neg- negotiations. But the most important thing Robert Sala said on uh, the show with Rich Eisen was that he is not concerned and that he expects something to get done. I also think that something gets done. Uh, he is too important to this team to let go. And I've seen the, oh, well, if you get multiple firsts, you know, you got to train them. You know, if he's asking for 27, if... You know, it's 25, he won't take $25 million. You got to trade him. Because that's only going to give you future assets and make your team in 2023 significantly worse. Significantly worse. You're in a window to go for it in the next few years with with a veteran quarterback. The 2023 Jets on paper should be very good. If Aaron Rodgers comes back in 2024, which I think he does, then you should also be a very good team next year as well. And it depends beyond that. We don't know how long he's going to play. You got to find a way to have this guy here, and for the next the foreseeable future, because having him play out this year on that fifth year tag, whatever the, you know, whatever he's getting, it's like ten million dollars uh, this year, and then franchise tag him. That's a real tough way to do business. And I get it. People are going to say, well, that's just the business. That's just the business. You got to do it. It's not personal. It's business. I hear you. But that sets a really crappy precedent for guys down the line like Sauce and Garrett and Brees and everyone else who has to get paid. You're going to do that with everybody. You come in you do the right thing. You develop you're a top three pick. You live up to the hype of a top three pick. You have a breakout. You're an all pro season, pro bowl season. That's not enough to get a contract extension. That's a bad optic. I am not. I'll tell you that much. I am not on board with him playing out the season on this on this, you know, salary and then franchise tagging him. I think that's a really bad look. I think you got to figure out a way to get it done before that. I really do. Because if you get to that point, he's going to be an unhappy camper and I get it. And look, I'm not sitting here and saying you just, you know, you fold in, you pay, you pay everyone what they want. You get bent out over the barrel every single time you do a deal. That's not what I'm saying. But you got to pick your battles sometimes. And I'm not going to try to get cute with arguably the most important piece on this defense, him or Sauce Gardner. You get, you get debate all day long if Quinnen or Sauce is more important they're both fantastic. The Robert Salah's defense is going to be built through that defensive line, and your best defensive lineman by far is Quinton Williams. And the Jets are a better team with him on the field. Because beyond that, especially at the, on the interior, the interior of the Jets' defensive line gets real ugly real quick if he's not there. There's some okay pieces. Quentin Jefferson, fine rotational guy. Al Woods at this point, his career, fine rotational guy. Solomon Thomas, Tandell Smart. All right. But after that, and then they'd really be forced to move John Franklin Myers back inside which listen, I'm not against, but they have seemed to take a very hard stance that they like him on on the edge for whatever reason. but anyway, moral of the story, that's what I don't really like with that with these whole contract negotiations but before let's get let's do a little positive note before we get into your voicemails. We have a few voicemails to get through today. Uh, but I want to talk about the Jets schedule for a second. I know we did that a little bit last time, but something that really jumped out to me, because, yes, obviously, we know it's a tough schedule that they have. They're, they're going up against some really quality teams. Something that jumps out is from the early part. And there, listen, that's the part that has the Eagles going on the road to Dallas. Uh, you know, you have the Chiefs in that span. They have two road trips through their first eight games. Eight games. Pretty much half their season is two road trips. Dallas in week two, Denver in week five. The Giants are their only other road game, which is basically another home game. I know it's not technically like you're going to have to do some, you know, some silly things, but different, you know, know, uh, with the Giants as technically the home team. But it doesn't really break the routine as much as a road trip to Dallas or Denver does. It makes your life and your practice week a hell of a lot easier. So, yes, the schedule at the beginning of the year is tough. No one's going to deny that. Starting with the Bills, then, you know, Dallas, New England at home, the Chiefs in week four. That's a tough start to your season. But the silver lining is that a far majority of it is in your own building at home. I like that a lot. I really do. If you want to be a contender and you want to be a good team, you have to make your own building an incredibly difficult place to play. And it starts in week one. The Jets played and handled business against, you know, Buffalo. Really tough last year. They beat them. It was a great game. This year, you know, same thing. Chiefs and Eagles at home. At least you get both of those teams at home. You might have a a shot. I picked, look, when I did my, you know, win-loss prediction, I picked against the Jets in both of those games. But would it be shocking if they won either of those games? They're good enough to where they can compete with anybody, which is awesome. I don't think I'm, again, I'm not going to be the guy who picks them to win every single game. I think, you know, it's the NFL. Losses happen. Sometimes you just don't show up for whatever week and things don't go your way. And, you know, that's it. That's the NFL. But you have you have a hell of a lot of, uh, you know, a better chance of knocking off the Chiefs who won the Super Bowl or knocking off the Eagles who were in the Super Bowl last year, won the NFC in your own house than you do traveling on the road to freaking Arrowhead. Yikes. Or traveling on the road to the Link. So let's take that as a positive. Because sure, there are some very, very difficult teams in that first half of the year. Eases up a little bit, though, in the second half. Although we were saying the same thing last year. And then they started off uh, hot and limped to the finish line. So who knows how it ends up, but man, Dallas in week two. And then they have a break. Like, yes, in, in that time with those road games, they have a significant break each time. It's perfect. I love it. Week one, home. Now, it's a kind of a short week, so I guess that sucks because it's a Monday and then uh, you play again on Sunday against Dallas, but you don't have to go out to Denver again until you have two home games, and then you have to go out on the road again. And you have one more game at home against the Eagles before you're by. I like it. I like that a lot. So that's a positive that I wanted to get out of the Jets schedule. I also want to hear from you guys. Let's get into those voicemails. Vinny is calling in from Peekskill. He wants to get into some feelings on the Jets schedule. Okay, let's do it.
1: Hey, Matt. It's Vinny from Peekskill calling, you know.
0: What's up, dude? Day
1: after the schedule release, uh, looking at it, I'm feeling pretty confident. You know, love the start good AFC matchup Bills. One of Six primetime games, man. That is just—it's just an insane thought to comprehend. But I don't want to talk about that. The one thing I want to talk about is something that we have to do as Jets fans. So I'm going to say, is everyone listening to this stream? You got to tell tell every Jets fan, you know, go on Twitter, Reddit, whatever blog you want to do, because this is important. Listen up. Here's a, because. We end the season in Foxborough. Anybody, and if the season goes like we think it's going to go for the Jets and what we think is going to go for the Patriots, that's, that's a good chance that could be Bill Belichick's final game as a head coach. So we have to not only flood that stadium, if it does happen, if, like I said, it looks like it's going to be the end, we gotta flood that not only flood that stadium with Jets fans, but we gotta go in stealth black because it's gonna be his funeral. Don't really have much else to talk about, so that's it. And as always, go Jets.
0: Thank you, V-Man. I appreciate your call in and your check in. Uh, leaves me no surprise that you're calling in uh, with. You know, with Bill Belichick trying uh, ending his career, and that'd be really nice to send him out with a loss. I don't, I don't buy that he is going to re- leave after this year. I think he's going to want to stick it out. I think he wants that record. He has what? How many wins does he? He's chasing uh, the wins record. Uh, I want to see how close he is. NFL coaches, most wins all time. Bang. Okay. Yeah, he is chasing Don Shula and George Hallis. He is behind those two guys. By a significant margin. I think that's his ultimate goal is to get to that point. So 328 is Shula's record. He, Bill's at 298. So he's going to have to coach for a while. I, I just don't see him. Well, I don't see the Patriots firing him. I think Bill would have to leave on his own after everything he's done there. And I don't see him tr- stepping away if he thinks he still has something left in the tank. So that would that would really surprise me. I know I know he's 71 years old. Um, he's obviously he's up there in age but I don't see him wanting to get out I think the fire is absolutely still there and if the fire is there then he's gonna you know he's gonna coach he's gonna do the thing uh, again that's not to say that you know maybe it's time to change thing change things up in New England uh, you know they've they were a playoff team a couple years ago. They won ten games with a rookie uh, Mac Jones. Things went really bad last year. They went eight and nine, uh, but since you know Brady left, it's seven and nine, 10 and seven, eight and nine. So we'll see what happens this year. I do think that they get worse. I'd be really surprised if they pulled the plug on him, though. I think he has to step away on his own, and I'm not sold that he does that. Next up is Travis. He is calling in from the lovely state of Ohio. Travis, what do you got? Hey,
2: Matt. Travis. What's up to Hey, you, brother. Uh, last year, we jumped up to ESPN's fourth overall defense, and that's in 2022. And in 2021, we were dead last in their offense, so we jumped up quick math, 28 teams. Um, in 2000, conversely, in 2021, we were the 26th overall offensive team, and last year we were the 25th overall offensive team. I'm wondering, what do you think it would take and who would need to step up? Obviously, everybody would have to buy in Jeff Hackett's uh, offense and Rodgers has the ball out but who else would have to step up for the Jets for us to make that a similar leap on offense and I'm not saying jump 2018 I'm being realistic but uh, let's just say a top 10 because both okay. are pretty monumental and the defense really needs a applauded especially without getting the help from the offense last year so that's our question to you, brother. And uh, happy belated Mother's Day because you're one bad mother. <laughs> Love you, buddy.
0: Good job. Bye. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate you, my man. Really good question. So let's start here. So obviously last year the Jets offense stunk. And what Travis was saying, obviously the, the Jets defense was really bad the year prior and they took this massive leap and were really good this year. I think it starts with the offensive line. So let's go there. First at left tackle, whether it's Dwayne Brown or Makai Becton, whoever, let's assume both have to play. I think Dwayne has to play stay healthy and play better than what he did last year. He was playing through an injury. So if he's healthy and play up to, you know, Dwayne Brown par. Makai look like rookie Makai Becton and play a full season. Or Fifteen plus games. How about that for Makai? At least fifteen. If he misses half the year, then that's not probably not going to be good enough. Lakin Tomlinson has to go back to San Francisco. Lakin Tomlinson. He can't be abysmal <laughs> out of the gate. And Joe, it would help if Joe Tipman is steady right away. Kind of like what Creed Humphrey was a few years ago for uh the Kansas City Chiefs. Then from there, Brees. You know, back and looking like he was, you know, he was before the injury—a bounce-back Michael Carter year, an immediate impact. Not when I say immediate impact, I'm not saying some massive, massive, you know, unbelievable historic rookie season, but a solid contributor from Izzy Abinaconda. Um Garrett Wilson's got to look like a you know 1,500-yard receiver. Lazard looks has that same connection that he does with Rodgers. Corey Davis looks closer to the Titans version of Corey Davis than the Jets version. Uh, And Mecole Hardman stays healthy and just looks like that, you know, that threat who you just want to put the ball in his hands and let fun things happen. And for Rodgers, get back to almost where he... It doesn't even have to be MVP-level Rodgers. If if he's MVP Rodgers throwing 40 touchdowns and five picks, then that's how the Jets win 13-14 games this year and have a top three <laughs> offense uh but just for that top 20 if he is just a top 10 quarterback a little over 4000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 or less interceptions, you know, 250 yards a game, maybe a little less than 250, 240 yards a game that should be enough for a top 10 offense. But I think it really all comes down to the health of that offensive line. They're betting on that right now with Dwayne and Makai Becton. It's a risky bet, but I hope it pays off because if so, I mean, we saw how good Makai looked as a rookie. Let's go out to who is up next. What do we got up next? Constantine wants to talk through the schedule. Constantine from PA. Let's do it. Hey, Maddie, this is
3: Constantine from PA. Long time no hear, but... I just wanted to take a little break from all the madness. Now that we have Rodgers on the team, and now that we have our schedule, now we start getting psyched up. I know I am. And I'll tell you what, I'm not too concerned about this scheduling. This scheduling is the way it is because they're going to show, basically, the weaker teams against the stronger teams. And the stronger teams should beat the weaker teams. So the bottom line is the Jets have a tough schedule to start. Well, everybody's claiming that they're going to take the throne. You haven't played game one yet. So let's prove it on the field. Let's beat a Kansas City in a close game. Let's beat an Eagles team in a close game. Let's beat the teams we need to beat. And let's take care of business the way we know how to. Now, a team is not used to winning. They're not a winning organization. But who's to say that we can't start one? I remember there was a time when the Patriots sucked. They were one of the worst teams in the league. They were absolutely embarrassed by the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. 85. Anybody who's about my age remembers it. So the bottom line is, look at what they became. And they took a chance on a player all the way in the seventh round. Ended up becoming a savior and arguably the best football player in all of football history. That is. (laughs) So my thing is if Rogers wants to step up into the big bright lights in New York, well, you know what? Step up and show us what you got. Our defense is going to be solid. Brees Hall, God willing, I hope he's healthy. He's going to be solid. We made some nice moves in the offseason. We added some weapons for Rodgers, so there's no excuse there. We did more for Rodgers in an offseason than the Packers did the whole time he was up there. That's a fact. People could fact-check that if they want to. But my thing is, when the schedule comes out, you see who the weak teams are. You see who the strong teams are. The strong teams need to start off fast. They need to win their games that they need to win and they need to, you know, come out with a few surprises. Like I said, I think the Jets could beat a Kansas city. They could beat an Eagles team. Why not? We got weapons. Now we have a quarterback now that's competent. At least his history says so. So with that in mind, great talking to you, buddy. I'll be making more calls in the future.
0: I uh, got cut off. I appreciate Constantine checking back in with us. I like that mindset. To me, I think that's really important. And I want to focus. I, you said a lot there, Constantine. And, and uh, you, you know, you did a really good job of making your point. But the thing that jumped out to me the most out of what you were saying was the hot start. Getting off hot. That makes life so much easier for you. And, again, you know, unfortunately, last year they they did that. And then things went uh, off the rails at the end of the year. But if you can be, you have six games before the bye. Buffalo at Dallas versus New England versus Kansas City at Denver versus Philadelphia. If you could be four and two, that would be a really nice start to the season. Going Four and two going into the bye, that puts you in a really good spot that second half of the year where you have at the Giants, which is basically a home game versus the Chargers. You're you have your third, really as I was mentioning early on in the year, your third true road game isn't until November twelfth. Cause your third your your technical third is the Giants on October 29th. But then you go, you know, you get so much out you're basically up until the game on November twelfth, you're home almost every single week. Take advantage of that. That's when you take advantage of it. And your teams on the road should be lesser. Vegas, not as not as good as what they, you know, were projected to be last year. They weren't any good. Buffalo's tough, obviously. At Miami's tough, obviously divisional opponent, but and you close on the road against Cleveland and Wash and New England. Two teams who probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. you got to take advantage of those teams. You have to. Let's close out with Max in Jersey. He wants to get into his record prediction.
1: Hi, this is uh, Max from Palm Jersey. Here's my thoughts on the Jets this year. I think we're going to go 13-4. Uh, so four losses we have. We're going to lose the both twice. We're going to lose the Eagles. And we're going to lose the Chiefs. Uh, that's our four losses. I think we'll be um, in the playoffs. I think we'll be... Probably like, we really go really far. I think up the AFC Championship, we'll probably, we'll probably lose an AFC Championship to the Chiefs. But, but I think it'll be overall a really great season, and we're gonna have like a, such a bright future. What's your thoughts on this and go, Jets. All
0: right, so we got 13 and 4, AFC Championship game loss to the Chiefs. That would be heartbreaking losing an AFC Championship game again. I would be happy that they made the playoffs for the first time. Since I was 15 years old, a long time ago now. Uh, But that would crush me if they lost in the AFC championship game. I would take it because that would mean at least one, maybe two wins in the playoffs. A nice little run. And then I would hope that, that, and I assume that Aaron Rodgers would be coming back and you load up and really, really go. I can't go as far as saying 13 and 4. I think 11 and 6 and tw- or 12 and 5 is where this team falls. But as we talked about with in Travis's call, if everything breaks right for you, sometimes you just have those seasons. They have an incredibly high ceiling because of the talent that they have. They have a lot of talent on this team. And from a bare minimum, they're going to be fun. If you haven't had a lot of fun watching football. Aaron Rodgers will make watching the Jets fun again. I love it. Slap that on a t-shirt. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you're new. I'll catch you next time.